talk dirty to me. The Quick and the Dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. Here are things that I have put in my mouth. Uh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And this is The Quick and the Dirty. <laughs> I love the way you said that. It sounded I just- dirty. <laughs> I feel like we could be dirtier, you know what I mean? So let's just get in there early. Hello. Uh, Hello. So this is a weekly podcast where we talk about lifestyle and a little bit of entertainment and really just the kind of things that you talk about with your girlfriends when you're hanging out drinking wine. And getting (laughs) shit-faced. Is that where we're going with this? Some of us have more control than others. Well, you know, that's funny you should say that because we were just talking about my crazy experience on Friday night. This is, Hillary, I haven't seen you two in over 30 years. Okay. So the, the last time I saw them, I was a teenager and it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. Like it was almost a religious experience. Anyone who's ever seen you two back in the early days will probably agree. It's just you can't even describe the emotions of you two in the early days. And I thought I really like to capture that again. So I go to Toronto a few days ago to see them in concert and I cried almost the entire time. Like, seriously. Now, was it because all of those former emotions were wrapped up in this concert, too? Or was it its own experience? Both. I I was channeling, like, the teenager, Sandra. And I remember vividly the first time that I saw them. So I was emotional about that. Mostly, I I feel like part of it was that I was crying for my youth, which is just (laughs) sad. You know, at one point, I'm like, I'm just crying because I'm not young anymore. And, And then, but the songs, I mean, the way they play the songs, they're still... They're just so the the way they intro like the where the streets have no name that that introduction to the song is like oh. it's goosebumpy and it's it's the same like it's just it's just the way that they do their songs and they played they paid tribute to women during the concert and Bono will say things that are profound and then you're like you say it Bono and I was crying and my girlfriend I looked over at her she's all teary eyed and you know and we're you know we're we're half cut too let's not let's not forget that I had done like <laughs> half. a half sh- I'm disappointed <laughs> I know I did shooters before I went to the concert so I was ripe baby but it was like just a giant ball of emotions during this concert just crazy. Have you ever cried at a concert? Ah, uh, yes, I have. Springsteen of all people. No. And I accidentally went. I'm not a Springsteen fan at all. What was the song? I it was a while ago. There were a few. Were you half cut or full cut? <laughs> full. Okay. That's all part of uh when living in Toronto, I went to a lot of concerts as first dates. Oh yeah. Because that's like the go-to. Somebody's looking for a date, they invite you to a concert, and either I'm crying because my date is ugly, or... (laughs) We've all cried those tears, Hillary. Don't worry about it. (laughs) You're not what I expected, you piece of shit. (laughs) Or I was crying because I was hung up on somebody I wished I were dating. So, yeah, there are a lot of concert tears for sure. Oh, okay, good. I feel better about it. I've never cried at a concert before, but I was like, you know, like raccoon crying at the end of it I was all like I had to I had to go to the bathroom to collect myself that's how bad it was I'm kind of embarrassed even telling the story to be honest with you but whatever so are you excited now knowing that U2 is going to be well a couple members from U2 are going to be playing at Canada Day yeah I mean it was actually the same day they announced they were coming to Ottawa to play Canada Day that I was in Toronto to see them and I thought shit if I knew this in advance I wouldn't have dropped a thousand bucks to come and see them (laughs) could have saved a lot of money just by seeing them on Parliament Hill for 
free. But I mean, I think that Bono and the Edge just being in Ottawa on Canada Day is just going to ramp up uh, downtown like never before. They were expecting half a million people, but I think that number is going to go even higher now. It's going to be epic, really epic. And your alcohol consumption also quite epic. It always is, Hillary. I mean, I feel like that goes without saying, you know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but you had like a crazy romantic weekend, didn't you? Yeah, we are a big fan of road trips, my boyfriend and I. And we took off to Cleveland of all places. It's not really what you think of when you're sexy. planning yeah. a, a sexy weekend getaway. But we rented a condo. We went to a concert. Actually, I did cry a little bit. At the concert. What concert? Oh, it's some band nobody knows because I'm totally a hipster. It's My Morning Jacket. There's... (laughs) Okay. Well, I can't even imagine what the song was. It was like a quiet, folky intro. And it just reminded... uh, We saw them in Mexico last year. And it was a really special time. So it just reminded me of that time. So So now you're following that band around whenever they come to town or nearby? He is like... My boyfriend is a total fan like follows them everywhere sees them three four times a year wow and now you're on board and you're crying at their concerts hey whatever puts him in a good mood and ready to put out right always Uh, always (laughs) but it was a great weekend the only thing is i'm not allowed to put pictures of my boyfriend on social media so it's like it never even happened well okay wait a sec i know because of what he does for a living i get it that he he can't be on social media right so he runs a youth shelter in another town and he has two little girls so he's dealing with some pretty seedy people right so i'm allowed to talk about whatever i want when it comes to him but he's not a huge fan of pictures on social media so So, you're upset that you can't put pictures of him on social media well yeah because i finally have this gorgeous awesome boyfriend and i can't (laughs) brag about it (laughs) like what the hell that's what what they're there for what is that (laughs) is it is it knowing that you have a, a gorgeous awesome boyfriend enough well, yeah, but it's like people don't believe it. It's ever going to happen. He's like Pokeroo. Why don't you do like, um? can you bl- like blur out his face? Oh, I did. When we were in Jamaica God, last year, Hillary. all of her photos, I like blurred him out. See, I, you know, you, under, you understand that this is like a whole bigger issue that we have in this world, that every time something good happens in our life, we have to get credit for it. Oh, 100%. And I want my credit. <laughs> Is Do you think that he would post pictures of you on social media if he was on social media? I don't know. Like, that's weird, too. Because it's like, about I, that? Want, I want you to brag about me. Right. So you can't tell anybody. Right. So you have like almost like you're his dirty little secret. Oh, well, it was that way for a while because he was separated. But okay. <laughs> but you're still a dirty little secret to the masses. Well, yeah, but no, I know his friends personally now. But okay. it's just that weird thing because social media is so much a part of our lives, being on the radio and having the podcast. We like to invite people into our lives. And yeah. he's so much the opposite. It is a bit strange. Well, you know, just consider it this way. If you had kids, would you put their pictures all over social media? Probably not. I'd probably do like backs of their heads or whatever. Yeah. But so I mean, what, you have kids. You post pictures of your children now that they're a bit older. Very rarely. Like very, very rarely. We put, I, maybe I put a couple of family pictures up when we've gone on vacation or something like that. But as a rule, I generally do not put pictures of them on social media. Yeah, just, like it wouldn't know. be very much. I just want one. You just want one of him because you sent me a shot. I actually weekend. did post it. He was wearing sunglasses and then I felt guilty and I took it down. Is that the picture that you sent me? Yeah. Oh. 
Girl, his beard is out of control. I know. Sexy beard, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I would understand why you would post it on social media. But Hillary, you know what? I know that he's gorgeous. Okay, so I want to give you full credit that he's gorgeous and his beard is his beard is spectacular. It's just gorgeous. I want an Instagram boyfriend. Maybe I should get a like a someone who can step in and like substitute. Yeah, you need a body double boyfriend. <laughs> Why don't you get some guy? You pay him like a hundred bucks a week, and you just take like just go out with him random times, and then get a few pictures with him, and put. There you go, Hillary. Do it for sure. Sometimes you just need a substitute, and that actually yeah. leads into our next guest. Actually, this is very interesting because last week we were talking about surrogacy a lot because everybody heard the story about Kim Kardashian and Kanye West are now hiring a surrogate mother to uh, give birth to their third child. So it's such an interesting topic. And lo and behold, uh, we found a woman named Christina who is not only a surrogate mother, but she is incredibly passionate on the subject as well and passionate about surrogacy in Canada and uh, in general. Uh, so welcome, Christina, to The Quick and the Dirty. Hi. Oh, wait. Wait, now i got to turn her bi- microphone on. <laughs> so welcome, Christina, to The Quick and the Dirty. Thank you. Hi. Christina, uh, the- I'm so interested in what you are doing. Uh, it's such a sacrifice for, for somebody else to put your body through that. I, I've never really thought of it being that way. I just, it was common sense to me. Somebody needed help and... It's, is, is it really that simple to you? Somebody needs a baby, so you're just going to help them out? When you're thinking about doing it, yes. But when you're actually going through it, you're realizing how hard it is on you emotionally and on your family and the million things that go along with being a surrogate and the things that you have to do to your body yeah. <laughs> to carry someone else's child that's not genetically related to you. Now, before we get into all of that, let's just go back to the Kim Kardashian thing. If you aren't aware, they have two children already. They want to have a third. There are some questions about whether Kim can do that in a way that's healthy for her, that it might cause some serious complications. That's what they're saying to the media. So she's decided that they're going to have that by a surrogate. Is it easy to find a surrogate for families in Canada? There is, for every surrogate, there's about a hundred couples who are struggling with infertility. So there's not enough surrogates to go around. Um, that's why you'll find some surrogates will do sibling journeys two, three times for one family. Oh, really? So yeah. they'll have more than one child for that family? Yes. Yeah. Really? And they must become very, very attached in getting to know them and having that relationship. <laughs> Yes, I thought about doing another journey, but I don't think I could possibly do it for somebody else. It it would feel like I was cheating on them, and they feel the same way. They said that if I was to have another baby for someone else, that it would really hurt them. Right. Okay, so you have four children of your own. Yes. And you have delivered how many children? Five. Five kids. So you have been a surrogate once. Yes. That is absolutely, that's Hillary, four, four babies of our own to start. Oh my goodness, girls. I, like, I know, we just need a minute to process that. And then why, after four children, did you decide that you needed to be a surrogate? My family was complete. Like, I never had an issue getting pregnant. My husband just literally had to look at me and I was knocked <laughs> up. Was done. And just all through my life, people found it really easy to talk to me and tell me their problems and... Just going through life, there was a lot of 
couples that I knew that struggled with uh, fertility. So if you're a Canadian that is looking for a surrogate, how does uh, someone find someone like you? Um, So there are agencies. Um, I'm not going to mention some of them, but... (laughs) I'm I'm sure they're on the internet. Yes, Yes. you can just Google surrogacy and all these agencies are going to pop up. Um, Most of them are run by um, past surrogates, so... Because there's only a certain amount of babies that you can actually deliver, and they still want to help. So they started an agency to help other couples. Um, so that's how I did it. I went through an agency, and my it's like online dating. It's like plenty of fish. Really? Only plenty of uteruses. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my profile went up, and within two hours, I had 200 couples calling, emailing me. It was so overwhelming. I just, it was... I had to, like, shut my computer off, turn off my phone, and just take a break for a while. That must have been so emotional to see the need, though, Uh. because you say you did it for altruistic reasons because you just wanted to help, you know, another couple have a baby. So to see that there's 200 right off the bat who are looking for your services, how do you you pick the right couple? Um, Before... I 100% agreed with the agency. She gave me a list of the couples, and I made my top five couples. <laughs> and and what did you base it on? Um, well, they th- their profile is online as well, so they have a story about who they were, how they grew up, what they want, how they're going to raise that child, what they want from the surrogate, as in whether they don't want to talk to that surrogate after or whether they would like a long-term relationship and to be a family, basically. Um, and what is your preference? I wanted to see the baby grow up. Really? So, yeah. So you have this relationship, I guess, you know, once you agreed what, who, who the couple, the lucky couple were, because that's very lucky for them to be chosen, obviously. Yeah. It was... You build that relationship with them, and then you sort of agree on the terms of that relationship for a lifetime. Yes. Um, but, like, legally, there's nothing. I can't be like, hey, legally, that's part my baby. You just have to hope that they're trustworthy and they're, they're going to keep you in the life because there are a lot of surrogates who go in wanting to be a part of that baby's life and then as soon as the baby's born, the attendant parents just cut off connection to the surrogate. Yeah, I bet. So. I bet. And you know, you talked about it being like plenty of uteruses. <laughs> Did the profile picture play into it at all? Because you know how profile pictures are so important in online dating. Like, what's your profile picture if you're looking for a surrogate mother? <laughs> really? Like, what's it going to be then? That's pressure, isn't it? Yeah. And you know what? That was the first thing you do see is their picture. And the first photo I saw was them walking down the aisle from getting married. And they were just so full of love and happiness and just yeah the picture does make a big difference so then you started reading the story and then you're like I love this couple and then do you have a sit-down interview process um so I picked my couples and I made appointments to meet I told my husband I'm gonna take my time I'm gonna meet a couple people we're gonna get to know each other before I pick so I started having phone conversations and I planned meetings with some of them and then when it came to the couple that I did pick I talked to them on the phone, and I basically said, you're it. Wow. I want to have your baby. When do you want to do this? And then I went and canceled all my other meetings that I had. I didn't meet anybody except for them. So your husband knew that you were doing this, (laughs) was involved in the process. How did he feel about you bearing a child for someone else and him having to deal with all the 
uh, well, the emotion of pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, I heard pregnant women aren't that fun. Um, I, I was very crazy. So <laughs> um, at first, um, it's something I'd always thought about. And when we finally finished having our babies, I told him I wanted to do it. He was no way wanting any part of it. He said no. We, I think we went about six months of not really talking to each other. And then wow. one day we were laying in bed, our two girls were in bed rolling around laughing, and he started crying. I was like, what's wrong? He's like, I can't imagine not having this. You need to do this for them. And he just came around because he, he recognized yeah. the value of a family yeah, and like, the love in your house. We, <clears throat> we spend our whole life for our children doing everything we can like we don't even go out for dates anymore because our life is so revolved around our children and that's what life is it's family it is family it's it's i honestly i i have to wrap my head around you you the whole idea of surrogacy and i think a lot of people do because it is such it is such an extraordinary gift it really is especially you know i hated being pregnant nobody hated being pregnant more than me. It was the least enjoyable experience of my life, although the reward at the end of it was pretty awesome. But being pregnant sucked. I mean, how do you, did you, do you love being pregnant? I actually hate it. And I especially hate women who love being pregnant. I hate them too. I hate them too. It makes me so, so angry. <laughs> or the women who glow when they're pregnant. Oh. It's like, who the hell do you no, think you are? I was with a hot mess. My husband once referred to me as a homeless man. God. <laughs> I you will tell you, good, eh? I can't relate to this because I don't have children. However, I hate women who recover from pregnancy and look like stunning supermodels because I have managed to ruin my body all on my own. Okay, well, then I think you're going to hate me then. <laughs> yeah. You're in phenomenal shape. Are you? Do you just bounce back? You're like, you, oh, you have a flat stomach like two hours after the birth? I literally do. If I brought my phone in, I could show you 12 hours after birth, the nurses were laughing because my stomach was absolutely flat again. I promise you they were laughing on the outside. Uh, <laughs> I know. Inside, One of them was like, your guts. I, I'm, I'm happy for you, but I hate you. <laughs> so, and oh, there goes my computer thing again. Uh, so what is the I mean, childbirth. Let's talk about childbirth. Were they easy births? Um, mine were pretty easy. I did them all natural. Um, what? What? Except for my last one, I wanted an epidural because she decided to flip sideways. Mm -hmm. As I'm, you know, 10 centimeters dilated and ready to go, she decides to flip on me. And they told me they tried to manually flip her back, but she wouldn't. She's the one I went into labor at 27 weeks. So this is the surrogate? No, no, this is my own. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I went into labor at 27 weeks with her, 18 hours of labor. Oh. She decided, nope, I'm going to wait. And it was 40 weeks. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing to me that you would have a complication in a pregnancy, you know, and then still say, no, I, I'd like to have more, actually. I think I'm kind of crazy and I forget about it. And my husband has to remind me, do you remember <laughs> puking for six months? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember yelling and you'd get hangry and you'd yell at me and then you'd cry <laughs> so beyond that there are serious health complications that can arise from having a baby so what made it worth the risk for you um i never really had any after effects um i was diagnosed with endometriosis but my doctor said every time i have a baby it clears it up a bit so I saw that as a plus. I wouldn't have to deal with the pain from endometriosis. Right. So which is a thickening of your uterus, like scar tissue. 
So when you have a baby, it sheds away. So that amazes me that you were never concerned about the consequences no. to your health. I guess because you've had four healthy pregnancies, I guess you're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. So there was never a problem afterwards. And my doctor, you have to be medically screened. So you go through blood tests, ultrasounds, everything right. to become a surrogate because they're not going to just, you know, oh, you want to have their baby? Here you go. So like you could be a drug addict or anything for all they know. So to be honest, I am less concerned about the physical side effects, but the emotional when it's time to give birth to that child that you've built a bond with that's inside of you and then you have to hand it over. What was that moment like? Oh, that was hard. Um, I went in for my 37-week appointment to my doctors, and they told me my blood pressure was really high and that I needed to be induced that day. So they told me to go home and get my stuff and wait for the hospital to call. Within 10 minutes, the hospital called me and told me, just turn your car around. But I had already pulled over because I went into labor while I was driving home. Wow. Did, did, did you just pop it out and then drive it to the hospital? Because after <laughs> no. five, I imagine, you don't really need a doctor. No. You just need someone to catch it, right? Um, then, so I, they don't live in Ottawa. So I oh, had I to call them and be like, the hospital's going to call me. You know, I think it's time for you to guys start heading down. And then I called them back like, oh, okay, no, you need to leave now. I'm in labor. <laughs> so um, then you have you have a moment where you, you deliver the baby. And then did you have, what was that like? You, you deliver the baby. What kind of time did you get to hold the baby? Or did you even get that time? I chose not to hold the baby right away. Because I find that with my own children, there was such a bonding experience. Um, they did want me to try to breastfeed the baby. So hmm. I let the mom and dad hold the baby for a while. And then I tried to breastfeed and I just felt there was too much emotion there and I, I couldn't do it. So, and the hard part for me was when I found out they were leaving it, the, at first they told me it's going to be two days and then all of a sudden, no, they told us we can go home today. And I was fine. I said my goodbyes and I was at the civic hospital so I went into the elevator down to the lobby where my, my in-laws were waiting. As soon as that elevator door opened, I, I literally fell to my knees and started crying. At that moment, did you regret anything that you had decided to do? I didn't regret it. I, it was weird being pregnant, filling the baby, and then leaving empty-handed. So you well, know, yeah, like yeah. you hear about women with postpartum and you don't even have this baby that you love to get through that the blues afterwards yeah like definitely like holding the baby does help you with the postpartum depression and it hit me really really hard this time around you know they you know they say that all that hell we were talking about that hell and those terrible pregnancies and whatever the reward at the end of it is the baby what was your reward my reward was seeing the mother hold the baby for the first time and just the tears that were in her eyes and the closeness that brought me and my husband together. Me and my husband are stronger and better because of that experience. I, I remember looking up at him and he was looking at them and he's like, that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. He's like, I love you. He's like, you're, you're amazing. So... Okay, I'm getting verklempt. <laughs> I'm getting a little verklempt. Uh, oh my God. Another thing that I, I did learn was how what my kids experienced too they experienced something good 
happening for somebody else without expecting anything in return. And I want my children to live like that. I want them to be good people and want to do good things for other people. And they got to see that firsthand. And well, you've set the bar extremely <laughs> high, just so we're my, clear. My seven-year-old Alexa, she wants to be a surrogate. She really? is dead set. After she has 12 kids, she said. After, <laughs> 12, after I have 12 babies, then I'm going to have a one baby for another family. That, what do you say to that? I go and do it. But I'm not watching your babies. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do have a question. And uh, in the States, you hear about surrogates being paid for the gift that they give. Is that the case within Canada? Not at all. You, you're not even supposed to accept gifts from the parents, but... You do. <laughs> um, but it's just covered expenses. So if, like, I couldn't work. So they, re like, uh, paid for my wages that I would be getting. Oh, I see. If my husband had to take time off work, they would compensate us. Um, I had to have a cleaning lady come in. So they paid for a cleaning lady. They paid for daycare. They paid for, I was eating ridiculous amounts of Greek salad. So. <laughs> so you had a Greek salad budget. Now, how long did you have off work? Um, afterwards. Or before, whatever. Um, I was on bed rest for two months before they induced me. Um, so That's a commitment. Lots of people thinking that's a great, oh, that's oh. so luxurious. No, no. It, was, it was horrible. <laughs> right. being so off. You, that's a sacrifice because you're a mother of four now and you're on bed rest. I, I missed out a lot on my family and also... In Quebec, it's illegal to be surrogate. And really? I, we spent our summers up in Buckingham at the cottage. I couldn't go because if I went into labor and I ended up in a hospital there, I could be detained and there'd be like just so Really? Much so even if you're visiting, you can get arrested? Yep. So in our legal contract, it states that after 20 weeks of pregnancy, I cannot go on to the Quebec side. I can't imagine a woman being arrested, you know, for, for being a surrogate. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there, that's be... even happened before. Has it? I have not heard of it. I think we're all pretty yeah. smart. And... Well, who wants to be the first, right? Yeah. You don't want to find out. And the Quebec couples come over here and they rent an apartment just to be on the safe side. Yeah. So, so you talk about not accepting money for being a surrogate. Do you think a surrogate should accept money? Do you think that's something that a woman should be compensated for? Or do you think altruistic reasons are, are enough? I think you should just be doing it out of the goodness out of your heart. You shouldn't be expecting to be paid. Like I, I To me, that's awful. Like The couples yeah. are spending so much money to have that baby. I always I, It was a running joke with my husband that I was a carrying the million-dollar baby. Because literally in the end, after how many times it took us, it's pretty much how much it ended up costing them. Right, because there's in vitro involved, so they have to pay for that for you. Yeah. Um, and just the process of taking the egg, the sperm, freezing it. Um, they do testing on them because you don't want to put an egg in a surrogate that isn't going to be viable and make her go through a miscarriage for nothing. Right. So you, you – so e Surrogacy obviously isn't for everybody, but it, it it really isn't for everybody when you consider how expensive it is just just to have that baby. Yeah, like some of them, they have to take a second mortgage out on their home. Wow. And that's like, heartbreaking, isn't it? 
Yeah, every time I walked in the clinic, it cost them like $30,000. Like, Isn't it cheaper? And I don't want to use the word cheaper because I don't want to make it sound like we're selling babies here. But, <laughs> you know, what about the adoption process? Wouldn't that be, I mean, why Why are these couples, I understand they want to have their own babies with, you know, mom's eggs and dad's sperm and, and, and that. But why not just adopt? The adoption process is actually a lot harder than most people think. They were going through the adoption process, spent five years. Really? And to find out that they weren't going to be approved. Like, you've got to go through, like, hoops, like, jump through hoops just to get through the process. And and you also, you don't know what you're going to get when, in the end, like, you could get Especially a baby Especially if it's that, a baby, yeah. Yeah, you could get a baby that has a drug addiction or, like... It is difficult to now. Canadian law makes it uh, quite possible for the the birth parents to come back and ask for custody again. Yeah. So their goal is to put birth parents and birth babies back together. Ultimately, yeah, that's what's best. But honestly, it's just so much heartache for them and so much time sitting there waiting to try and adopt a baby. And yeah, maybe... Selfishly, everyone wants to have their own genetic baby, and if there's a chance, I could, I would do it too. So after you had your baby, and then you gave it to the family or their baby, I should say, did you uh, did you attempt to have more babies for them? How, how did it end for you? Have you decided that you're done? Are you are you still a surrogate? Is what I'm trying to ask here. I would love to be. I have to get the after the delivery. The doctor said, you know what. I don't think you should risk being pregnant anymore. It's not going to turn out well for you next time. So it was very complicated uh, at the end of the birth. My heart rate went up. My blood pressure was up. It was affecting the baby's heart rate. So they were in the OR waiting for us when they told me to lay down, and the baby kind of just came out. (laughs) Do you think that that had something to do with the expected emotional outcome as well, though? Uh, I don't know. I played a, everything plays a part from it genetically not being mine. My body fought that entire pregnancy with me. It's like some foreign thing is in my body and it just fought with me. And emotionally, yeah, like, I think just everything made it happen. <laughs> but you would still do it again if you had the option to and you were medically cleared? I would. If my doctor said I could, um, my only issue is my husband. He does not... As great as that was for him to witness and how much he loves me for that, he doesn't want to put our family through that. Like, we lost a lot of time together as a family doing things. Um, he had to take on a lot of work. Right. And like you say, pregnant Christina probably isn't a whole no, lot of fun. Pregnant Christina is awful. Like, <laughs> she's crazy. <laughs> So, yeah. So you you talked about, you know, when you left the hospital and you you your in-laws came to pick you up. What does your extended family have to say? I mean, did you sit down and have like a big family meeting and say, "Hey guys, I have something to say." How did it how did it come about? How did you tell everybody? Um, I told my in-laws. My my in-laws are so amazing and so supportive. They were there the entire time holding my hand and they thought it was awesome and like they love seeing photos of this little man growing up and how happy his parents are. They honestly, like they would always support me in something like that. My mom, she would never ever want me to do it again. She was so scared that something horrible was going to happen to me. She's my mom. She's always worried about I'm going to die or something. <laughs> um so she and they live in London too. So they didn't really get to witness 
the process of it all. She just had to sit there and hope to God that she didn't get a call that something happened to her daughter. So, but my in-laws, they're, they're, they were my rock. So now that you, um, how long ago, by the way, did you have your son, their son? I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, <laughs> That's how long? Okay. You don't say your son, their son. Um, I had him in January of 2016. Oh, so it wasn't that long so, ago. Yeah. No. And, and so now how do you deal with the family? What's your contact light? Is it, are, is it phone calls, emails, pictures? What is it? Um, I do. We mostly talk through email. So I will admit this. I have kind of, I, I'm busy. So I'm devoting my time right now to my four kids. My my family needs me right now. So I have pushed back a little bit because I am scared of getting hurt and getting attached. And so we do do emails and maybe once a month we'll talk on the phone and I'll talk to the baby and me and dad will have a good cry. And <laughs> Yeah. Oh. So. Are you happy with the amount of contact you have or do you wish things were different? Um, I do. When I was pregnant, we talked every day, either by email or by phone. We like, we were like best friends. And now we don't have as much contact. But that's mostly my fault because I have pushed away a bit. To protect you don't think myself. that they're threatened by you? Um, I think a little bit. I think that they're worried that family and friends will find out they. So they're keeping it a secret? They've been pretty private about that. Um, immediate family knows, but friends... Are they, do they just tell people that it's an adoption? or? Uh, I'm actually not quite sure. Like, okay. Um, their friends and like really close friends and family know that they did a surrogacy. Um, they don't know anything. I've only met her, yeah. one of her family members who know me now. Um, but they're pretty private, and I think... Um, I'm I'm very curious about that. Why anyone wouldn't say, "Well, we have a surrogate," and you know, it, is there a shame associated with it that I'm not aware of, or can you can you think of? I mean, is that part of it that people don't want to admit that they have a surrogate mother? I think it was hard on the mother knowing that she couldn't, right? Like, Feeling like baby. an incomplete woman, yeah, yeah, and she had to use a donor egg, so. It's really hard, and she's feeling a bit of a disconnection right now with the baby. That's so strange to me that they had to use a donor egg, and they didn't choose a surrogate that would allow the use of her egg. Because um, wouldn't that be cheaper to just d do it, you know, the old turkey baster? <laughs> um, not many, nice, Hillary. <laughs> not many women are willing to do a traditional surrogacy. Um, like for myself, I won't even donate my eggs because I have extremely strong genes, and if I saw... That kid walking around, I would know that it was mine. Like, we can't go out with somebody stopping us and commenting how my daughters are mini-me's. Like, right. I, I couldn't donate so, my eggs. So, so now, so I, I'm sorry, I didn't realize that they, you had the donor egg, the donor sper sperm and all that. So you really feel like you just housed this baby. You were just the vessel. Yeah, we like to joke that it was like extreme babysitting. Okay. <laughs> it's so still so bizarre to me that the mother doesn't want anyone to know because that child and medically, they're going to have to be honest eventually. Wouldn't it just be, in my mind, it seems like it would be easier to just be up front, like with an adopted child, like you were wanted so much that we made it happen. I think eventually when he's older, they want to tell him and... They want to tell them who I am um, right now, where I'm just going to be auntie. Ah, so you're, 
That's interesting. So you're you're Auntie Christina. You're going to call every once in a while. Are you ever going to have a face-to-face meeting with this family again, or are you still going to sort of keep it at a distance? We plan to visit at least once a year. So, we'll, like, we went up last summer, and we stayed for dinner and got to play with him. And You did? The whole family with the kids and everything? Yeah, the whole family met him. It was really hard because he recognized my voice. He spent nine months in me, and right away you could tell he recognized my voice, and he wanted to be held by me, and he got really upset when I put him down. Right, so you did you did hold him. Yeah, and that was emotionally set me back again. <laughs> um, just seeing that and holding him and feeling him and him responding to my voice and to my other one of my daughters as well he recognized you could tell he recognized her voice as well so what do your what do your children call him assuming that you're going to continue to foster this relationship over time and he's going to you know become a teenager one day and then your your children i mean they may all be friends one day right that would be nice um but honestly i don't know what the future is going to hold Do you ever just think, I need to walk away and not be a part of this at all? Yes. Um, I've gotten to that point where, and I'd go weeks and weeks without emailing. I was ignoring emails from them. I was ignoring phone calls. I just, I got scared. I started to miss him and miss, like, you feel their movement, you feel their hiccups. Like, I just, I distanced myself and I... One point, I just didn't ever want to talk to them again because it, it hurts. I I do miss him, and I miss the relationship I had with the mom and dad. Yeah. So do sorry, you, I'm getting all <laughs> no, no. Do you do you ever tell them that and say, "Listen, I just need to step back for a second because I need to process all these emotions." I know that's what I should have done, but no, I just when I did start talking to him again, I just told him I was busy, and they know that. Um, they know I have an insane family, like. I have four kids, and two of them are, they have special needs, so they know. Yeah. How old are your kids, by the way? Uh, Oldest is 11, then nine, six, or sorry, she's seven now, and four. Hmm. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's that's like a crazy, busy house. Yeah. And then then to have this added emotion to everything that's going on in your life. Um, I don't think that any, when people think of surrogacy, they think of the emotion that come with it. And quite frankly, I never really thought of it either. I thought, well, obviously you're built differently than the rest of us that you can do this and hand it off and, and say, well, I've, I've done it for really good reasons, but th- this will have a lasting effect on you forever, won't it? Yeah. And like you go in not really knowing how you're going to feel. Yeah. And I started quickly realizing once I was injecting myself with all these drugs that you have to do um, and going through miscarriages, like not only is your body going through a miscarriage, but you're also dealing with the pain that they're going through and how guilty you feel like it's your fault. Like you don't realize emotions that you're going to feel when you Christina, do it. Do you think it would have been easier to be a surrogate for say, a same-sex male couple where you're not replacing the job of of a female with her own emotions? Emotionally, yes, I think. And if I was to do it again and not for that family, I would love to do a same-sex couple. Like, two daddies would be awesome. And I see, being in the surrogate community, I see the relationship that the surrogate has 
with those two daddies and with the baby like they're always together always visiting and yeah you do have more relationship and the baby's gonna know like there's no way those two daddies just had (laughs) that baby so they know that there was this woman so I I would think it's a lot easier to have a baby for a same-sex couple I've got a couple of friends that did it a little bit differently. They're a same-sex couple, but they're both female. And one partner was a surrogate for the other partner's egg and a donor sperm. Okay. So that they were somehow all involved in the birth in some way. But it's very bizarre because she had this child, very much like you, that had zero genetic match with her. Okay. And trying to convince her parents that... No, the baby will not look like me. It was like a big deal. <laughs> but it'll look like one of them because one of them was right. So the, the mother. So, But adoption law just changed as well. How was the legal side of finishing the surrogacy and making sure that they were the, I guess, the parents of that child legally? Um, before I delivered, um, dad... The dad, because he was genetically related to the child, he had to go do a DNA test, and I did as well, so that when the baby was born and they got the birth certificate, that it showed that, yes, dad is genetically the parent, and the surrogate mother has no genetics. Because there there are some surrogates who delivered the baby and then turned out that it was genetically their child with her own husband. Oh, really? Yes. Oops. Yeah, whoops, <laughs> which is heartache because you don't find out until six weeks after the birth. So this And it's too late. And it's too late. So these the couple had that baby for six weeks thinking that everything's A-OK, they just got to sign the lawyer papers, and then the DNA test comes back and neither of you are the parents. It's the surrogate. Now you got to go hand that baby back to wow. the surrogate. Were you guys super careful? Like, were you double wrapping? <laughs> My tubes are tied. So there was, and I also didn't take the chance that there's two weeks before and two weeks after the transfer, you just don't come near me. I don't want to take right. that chance. So is, you know, is there any kind of a sisterhood with other surrogate mothers? I mean, do you know any other surrogate mothers? Because you'd think it'd be a very exclusive club to be part of. We actually do have a Facebook private group you do, and we talk every day. We're pee stick pushers so when somebody does a transfer we're like where's your pee stick like (laughs) within five days we want to see a stick that's been peed on (laughs) so we're there to support each other one of uh, the surrogates lost their daughter two days after giving birth to surrogate twins oh and we gathered together to support her like we're we're all connected now we're bonded and honestly those are some of my favorite relationships you must have a lot Obviously, you have a lot in common, but emotionally, do they help? They do. Like, honestly, I couldn't have gotten through everything I did without my surrogate sisters. So, yeah, we call us uh, surrogate sisters. surrogate (laughs) sisters. That makes a lot of sense. You know, the thing, after hearing your story and, again, the emotional side of it, which is really kind of heartbreaking, to be honest with you. It's, It's hard to hear part of your story. I'm amazed that you say you'd still do it if you could. I believe in anything good that you give out comes back. So, like, there's so much hate in the world. I just want to teach my family that we do good things. And that's always been me. My mom, since I was little, always said, you're always trying to help somebody. Like, I don't hesitate. If somebody needs me, I, I'm I'm there. 
I will do, I'll give you my blood, I'll give you a kidney, like... Wait a second. Let's let's <laughs> let's roll that back for a bit. So, Good to know, Christina. Good to know. I'm not letting her leave without her phone number. Don't worry, Hillary. I got this. I'm A positive. <laughs> well, I, I'm B positive. Can we make this work somehow? If I ever am low on a kidney, can I call you? You sure can. Are you are you serious yeah. about that? Yeah. Like I would not hesitate. My husband knows that. Like, and he thinks I'm crazy. And but I think that's what makes us a great couple. Is that. He keeps me grounded and not run out, do stupid things. Um, And I teach him to be a better person. Well, you are uh, such a wonderful spirit, Christina. Thanks oh, so much yeah, for joining really us are. today. I can't even tell you how happy I am to have met you today. This oh. has been unbelievable. You know how amazing it is to get out of the house? <laughs> <laughs> Four kids? Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is like a, a date for me. Like, this is great. So... Oh, it's okay. I'm going to go grab a tissue because I feel like I need a good cry after talking to you. This has been amazing. Oh, thank you for having me. It was great. Special thanks again to Christina, our surrogate mother, guesting today on The Quick and the Dirty. Such an interesting interview. And uh, coming up next week, oh, we're going to dig in real deep on this one. We are going to talk to... A millennial about online dating. Seriously, I already know a little bit about what we're going to talk about. And uh, apparently she's taken a couple risks on first dates next week on The Quick and the Dirty. And don't forget to follow The Quick and the Dirty on social. Instagram, at Hillary on air, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter, at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And Facebook, at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you've got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.